Welcome to the Moving Up Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Wilson, CEO of the Wilson Group Real Estate Services, and my passion is creating success in people by sharing my experiences in real estate, entrepreneurship, and community involvement. My partner, Heather Warmbrod, and I will be hearing from expert leaders in these spaces and giving you practical advice to help you accelerate your business. So pull up a seat because we are about to have a lot of fun. It's time for you to move up. Hey guys, welcome to another exciting episode of the Moving Up Podcast with Christy and Heather. And today we are super excited because we have Kevin Watson with Churchill Mortgage on the show with us. And Kevin has so much great information that he is going to share. It is relevant. It's to date. He's going to share with us his predictions for 2023, which we were sort of chatting about before going live here. So we're really excited um, about that and just different things that Kevin offers and some insight you can bring. So Kevin, welcome. Hey, thank you, Christy and Heather. Yes, welcome. Appreciate y'all letting me be here. It's an honor. Uh, Thanks so much of you guys and uh, just uh, love doing business with you guys every day and uh, just taking care of your clients. Yeah, well, we appreciate you taking care of our yeah, clients. It's a blessing. It's a win for yeah, all of us. It is definitely a win. <laughs> you all make the way us around. look good. Mm-hmm. And uh, there you go. It's great. It's a mutual feeling. So, uh, but yeah, we, we actually have some pretty exciting things to talk about today because, you know, the, the, Future of 23 is really a lot of people have a lot, a big question mark mm-hmm. as far as what it's going to look like for 23. So I actually got some information I was telling you guys uh, earlier about a gentleman named Barry Habib, who is a great economist and, and gives us a bunch of advice for mortgage lending, but also to our customers and for our realtors to help them understand what's going on, you know, and what is the true information versus the information that just sells ads. Right. And 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 so we're trying to get the truth across. And I believe that once people understand that, they'll be pretty bearish for the market right now. Is bearish the right one? Mm-hmm. Good, right? Let's see. Bear is good. Is slamming down a bull. Is bull is going right? up. Bull is going up. Bullish. That's, I always think of uh, yes. Wall Street. That bull. Sorry, uh-huh. the bullish. That's okay. I like that. I, yeah. I, that's I'm only use that. A bear swatch you down. Yeah. So he's going to bullish on the market. Yeah. Thank yes. you, Christy. I, I'm going to use I'll that. Put some more horns on. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm going to use that because it's a good reference yeah. to remember. But I think they'll be positive on what's going to happen for 23. Yeah. And they'll find that actually there's a small opportunity to buy homes at the prices today before things get crazy again. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, and Heather and I talk about this a lot, there's so little inventory Yes. Mm-hmm. right now. It's excruciating how little the yeah. inventory is of good inventory. Yes. So um, we've got buyers who are yeah. ready to buy. We just need to find them something yeah. to buy. And, and you know, there's a slide in here. We'll, I'll go ahead and reference it. But uh, the builders have gotten smart from the 2008 stuff and they saw some stuff happening. So they backed off a little bit Mm -hmm. on their building, which doesn't help that inventory, but rightly so just, you know, to stay in business during times of slowness. But uh, the demographic of the millennials, they're around their 33 age as far as the peak, but they don't even peak into their buying season until around 36. I saw that. So that demographic supports the same thing that you're seeing mm-hmm. that we were already so far below 
in inventory already. Yeah. And then you cause this and then you get back into really good interest rates that are reasonable, then you're really going to cause the perfect storm again. Yeah. Where, you know, it's going to become more and more of a seller's market. I know. Again. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to find inventory and right, create, yeah. create inventory, yeah. right, to make it happen. So there's a window of opportunity right now, I think, that, that the people that take advantage of that are really going to look back and go, that was a good move. Yeah. I um just left something where I was talking to a lot of people, and um this one guy's wanting to buy a second home. He's like, man, I just, do you think I should just wait? And I'm like, no, it mm-hmm. is a great time to buy. Yes. And where he's wanting to buy, I'm like, that market's just like Nashville. It's going to be a hot it's going to stay stable, yeah. Right. You know, and yeah. Things will, and there's so limited inventory there too. I agree. I think it's going to be stronger this summer. I agree. Yeah, and we're not seeing uh, a you know from what Barry's reports uh, are coming out uh, a a large appreciation growth this year. Yeah, not at all. <clears throat> we're seeing modest, a little bit below normal, maybe two to three percent is what they're saying. But over a five-year period, I just did a Davidson County report card. I don't know if you've seen that before, but I can do that for you anytime or any county that you want me to do that. Uh, it will show you all the demographics of the of the county, and then it also show you a one-year growth history and a five-year growth, oh, growth cool. history that'd and a past history. Basically, a lot of people still believe that, like you said, am I going to buy something now and the value be lower I would hate to do that. Mm -hmm. And in this market right here, middle Tennessee area, we're not going to see that. Now there may be some pockets that they're saying you may see that. And if you break down the, the projections county per county across the nation, you can see where the pockets are, but in this area, we're going to be stable. Um, not huge gangbuster double digit growth like we've seen in the past, but stability Mm -hmm. is, is really important. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see that. But uh, the big change is going to be how inflation is going to start going down based on some things we can talk about. And then because of that, interest rates have to follow. And uh, the recession, basically, that we are in is always defined after you're in it. You know, mm-hmm. um, I was going to say, are we in a recession? Yes. Are yes. we? Okay. Yeah. And the the uh, experts will come back and, and talk to you about that, um, uh, like I said, after we're in it. But when that happens, every time housing goes up, uh, other than the 2008 mm-hmm. thing that mm-hmm. happened. So every single time and every single time rates go down. Every single time, even during the housing thing uh, that we had in 2008. Um, <clears throat> and that was mainly created because of the regulations for mortgages. And there was a way over abundance of supply, mm-hmm. which we're not at that point this time at all. No. So all the numbers, all the economists are pointing towards a, a good 23, you know, as far as modest growth but also a healthier interest rate mm-hmm. and more affordability for our customers, which is is really great because house prices, as soon as those rates go down, house prices are not going to go down. Right. They're going to start to to go back up, just supply and demand. Yeah. Simple supply and demand. And that's what Heather and I keep talking about is just mm-hmm. everything is just going back to normal. And it mm. feels yeah. like, like if this is a recession, I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No big thing. It was like there was a recession in 2001. We didn't even feel it here. Yeah. At least I don't recall feeling it well, and, in and the marketplace. 
one thing that Barry was talking about in his 2023 update is recessions are normal mm-hmm. and they're, they're actually needed because you can't have too much of growth without having a, a, a correction. Yeah, just a business cycle. Yeah, yeah or, or else you're really going to be, you know, you, you can really get into a problems of, of way overinflated yeah. items. And other countries have experienced that before, and we don't want to get there. So right. it's, it's a good thing to keep us there, but it's also really good for real estate most of the time. I mean, it's tough on people losing jobs. That's the hard yeah. part, Yeah, you know, is people losing jobs. But as far as real estate is concerned, real estate always does well in a recession mm-hmm. because the number one thing you can stimulate a recession with is lower interest rates. So it's more affordable to buy and stimulate the economy to buy and, and get that GDP to mm-hmm. go back up. So a recession is tri- typically defined as two quarters in a row of negative GDP. And we've already had that. Mm-hmm. All right. So. For various reasons, I'm not sure why it's not being actually fully announced. Yeah. Was it the job growth? It was the job growth. Yeah. That's yeah, what it is. That they exactly were saying right. that yep. it, it was just opposite of what yeah. was yep. part of the definition. Thank you for and mentioning so they were yep. other. just yep. like, okay, wait a minute. Are we? Are we not? Yeah. It, well, the teeter tottering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's a good chart to kind of show you where the recession is coming. If you look, starting in July of 21, credit card use has gone up tremendously huh and if you look here savings savings account has gone down so people's nationally savings rate these were the three stimulus there's three little peaks here those were the stimulus checks mm. that went into the savings for covid yep for covid and now look it's going down so you're looking at this increase of people that have debt and a decrease of people that have cash in the account so you're running into some some challenges coming up in the future mm-hmm. based on that. What do you think will happen? I do want to talk, get to interest rates, but mm-hmm. I see so many uh, cash out refis, or you know that everyone they'll pull the cash out and refinance a, to a higher rate, but they don't change their spending habits. Yes, like they'll take out this. Well, we're going to pay off some debt, but they don't. That's, or they do, and then run the yeah. cards right back up again. That's exactly why Dave Ramsey does not recommend doing a debt consolidation. Yeah. Because you're not changing the behavior. So mm-hmm. so I say all that to, yeah. um, if you know, for recession, for jobs, with a very stable market, I, I was always worrying about people who were doing these cash-out refis and going on a much bigger note. They were very, where before they were very comfortable. Yeah. You know, people in their mind, don't think the gravy train will ever end in real estate, but it does. And um, do you think that could potentially be an issue in the marketplace? It, it, it's uh, again, like the recession that is good for us. Those things happen in people's uh, personal economy as well. Yeah. Yeah. So if you spend too much money one day, yeah, you got to pay the, you run out. Yeah. Right. And that's the same thing as the, as our government is we're just a bigger family Mm -hmm. economy. So yes, to answer that question. Yeah. It can be dangerous to get into that situation because I remember talking to many customers that we typically advise to do the debt snowball instead. If you can, if you can get around that, it takes longer, but it also has more purpose and changes your behavior. Yeah. Um, I love the debt snowball. Yeah. And, and easily defined it's taking not your highest interest debt, but your lowest balance, paying that off first, using that extra payment to pay the next one off, using that extra, all those extra payments to pay the next highest one off and snowball to your highest debt and then pay those off. 
so it's really a brilliant thing that, that Dave started and started talking about a while back. But uh, what that does is it creates the behavior to not get back into that situation. But when you pay it all off in one fatal swoop, like you said, the behavior hasn't been learned. And, you know, sometimes uh, there's not enough equity in the next time to do it. Right. right. And and we'd also like them to have that equity to use for the next house. Sure, exactly. Right, because that takes less equity out of what they can do to move up mm-hmm. or when they're moving down to have some money for retirement and, and other things like that. So it's it's one of those things that it's a short-term gain, but it's a long-term loss. So I tell my customers to think of your future you and what would you do to benefit your future you. You have to start thinking of that the earlier you think of it, the better off you become. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you think, yeah, I'm doing it now to make ends meet and do this. Make sure that it answers those questions to your future you as well. Yeah. And it checks the boxes that you need to answer to be a better future you. Right. Right. It's funny. um, I know someone who did that and they were doing it at a, when interest rates had hit four and a half percent, or 5%, I can't remember which, I'm like, oh my God, why are you refinancing it so high? You know? Yeah. And, um, but now I'm like, oh, you got such a good deal at 4.5%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I know. It's all perspective of where you sit in the cycle. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, let's talk about interest rates, Kevin. Oh, yeah. All, all sorts of exciting things. Um, and your shoes are awesome. Oh, thank you. My fun? wife has yes. good taste and she got me these. She does. Um, so... Inflation typically drives mortgage interest rates, mm-hmm. right? And the Federal Reserve works on a report that happens now or in the past, right? That comes out today or in the past, like tomorrow is a big day where the consumer price index, which is known as the CPI, comes out. I believe it's on the 11th or 12th of every month. And uh, that indicates what the price of things are, less food and energy, right? And so that's a big indicator as to how we're doing with the inflation deal, right? And so inflation typically, uh, obviously known as as what causes the price of things to go up, typically you can kind of track, and I have a chart here that I can show you, and we can create a slide deck and show you guys these slide decks, but you can see during the QE period, which is quantitative easing from the Federal Reserve, which means the Federal Reserve artificially bought mortgage-backed securities during this time to keep interest rates near a 3% or lower mark. And that was when we were going through COVID, we were having many financial struggles, and that was to keep the boat uh, afloat, right? However, when inflation started coming up, when the CPI started rising in between January 21 and July 21, the Fed continued to say, we believe this is transitory. This is not something that's going to last. It's just a bounce back, right? Well, after about six months to a year, they go, oh, this isn't transitory. This is real inflation. We got to start tackling it. And then you start to see the interest rates start to rise Mm -hmm. based on inflation. Mm -hmm. So really, to answer your question in a very long way is uh, it depends on what inflation is going to do, right? And and, it depends on what we predict inflation will do Mm -hmm. based on the economic reports that we get. And like I said, Consumer Price Index is probably one of the best reports that come out. There's a lot of other ones. Uh, Heather, you mentioned the labor force. 
that is a big indicator. And I'm glad you mentioned it earlier because it reminded me to talk about it. But that labor force is the only reason that the Fed isn't saying we're in a recession right now, mm-hmm. right? Because if that weren't so strong, they kind of, it, it sounds bad and morbid, but they kind of want some people to lose jobs before they'll say we're in a recession, yeah. right? Because that's the big indicator is the unemployment going, going up. So part of the challenge unemployment hasn't gone up just to kind of hit that for a moment is because most of the jobs that are being filled are in the hospitality industry, Mm -hmm. which already was very slow due to COVID. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are part time. So if you took those out, it would show a different number. Right. So a lot of that is due to. To that same reason. Artificial inflation, just because we're getting back to those folks going back into work and people yes. going to eat. And- That's correct. That's correct. Or it used to be, you know, you had to wait 30 minutes to 45 minutes just to get a spot because there wasn't enough room. But now it's 30, 45, or it used to be, it's getting better, but it's 30, 45 minutes because they didn't have enough servers right. just to take care of it. Yeah. Right. But one of the big indicators for inflation is housing, right? It's almost 40% of the uh, indicator, and, and they call it shelter costs, right? So shelter costs include your rent and your housing, and we have seen a little bit of a softening in house prices nationally. Mm-hmm. I think in Middle Tennessee, we were talking about this earlier, we're predicting and seeing probably a 2 to 3% modest growth of appreciation this year, which is fantastic for yeah. us because it's stable, right? We're not going to see the double digits like we did a year or so ago, or at least we're not predicting that. But over the next five years, it's around 18 to 19% growth, right? So still very, very good investment for mm-hmm. people to get into right now. And we've got reports that can show you that. It's called a housing report card that we can supply. But shelter costs are a lagging cost that's reported. So because it's lagging, the Fed doesn't see that lag. They're just seeing what's actually being reported right now. So long story short, it's sort of like you're getting onto a roller coaster and you're on the back of the roller coaster. So the the reports that we're seeing that the Fed is seeing is on the back of the roller coaster. They're going, hey, things are still going up. We haven't hit the peak of the roller coaster yet, where actually, if you were looking at reality, the real shelter costs are already on the way down. Yeah. And we know that because yeah. we're we're on we're the streets every day. Yeah. <laughs> we see our rents going down a little bit. We see the house prices softening mm-hmm. a little bit sometimes. And so we're seeing that already. So we're on the front lines screaming out going, it's already doing it. Yeah. You know, stop raising rates. Yeah. You know, But they're looking at the back, seeing it going up. Right. Right. So it's just going to take a little bit of time. And the good news is that uh, mortgage rates uh, basically are – they look ahead, right? So our mortgage rates will probably start going down before the Fed stops lowering rates or raising rates. I even said we may even get a raise in interest rates and mortgage rates go down. The Fed interest rates may go up, but our mortgage rates may go down because we're looking way ahead going, they're going to go down based on these reports we're seeing, right? So we're sort of like the stock market predicting where they're going to go versus, you know, looking at current, report seeing where they went. Okay. So another reason that we believe, well, and that all indicates as to rates going down, another big reason that we feel rates are going to go down is because the 30-year mortgage-backed security or mortgage rates are tied closely to the 10-year treasury. Okay. For 35 years, I have a chart here showing you that they're normally about a a one to two 
percent difference between the two. So if the treasury is at three, you're looking around a 5% 30-year fixed, okay? However, right now, there's about a 3% spread, okay? So uh, the reason that spread is because at higher interest rates, the servicer who holds that loan knows they're very smart. They know in the future rates are going to go down, and they're not going to be able to hold that loan long enough to make money on it because they make money on the interest over time. So if they, they're not going to be able to hold that money long enough to make money. Mm-hmm. So the value of that mortgage-backed security is not as important to them. So there's a bigger change, which all indicates to us that when we start to see these consumer price index reports coming out, and tomorrow may be a good day, most likely will be. What time? 11? In the morning. In the morning. Yeah, yeah in the morning. Well, yeah. And it's going to be, oh, please. I know. And you know, know. what? It's going to be one eleven. Oh, yeah. 11 and you know 11 11 you make a wish and set your intention and it oh, should is come that, true yeah okay the yeah. intention okay yep. I, I didn't know that I, it's good to know so tomorrow will be a fun day i believe and so when that comes out you're going to have the january 22 cpi rate go away for some reason, it comes out on the 12th tomorrow. Okay. So. But uh, the good news is when that does come out, most likely we're going to see that downward pressure. And when these downward pressures start happening in inflation, it's going to go down faster than it normally does because of the difference between the treasury bond mm-hmm. and the 30-year. The value of the mortgage-backed security or the mortgage to the investor that buys that is going to be- become more important because they're going to hold it for longer. Right. Right. Because everyone's going to refinance that seven off. Sure. They're, they're not going to stay on a 7% yeah. if it gets down to five. Yeah. And I'm going to tell them not to, right, mm-hmm. if they plan to keep their long term. So you're going to see that. So with all that said, we're predicting most likely that the rates will be by summer sometime in the fives, mm-hmm. right? And maybe even in the low fives, depending, mm-hmm. you know, on... 32 different factors to determine your Mm -hmm. interest rate. But market-wise, we're seeing that they're going to be at least a point to two lower than they are right now. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So all very good news, right? Hi, I'm Harry Allen, co-founder and chief relationship officer of Studio Bank. Studio Bank is passionate about what our members create, and we're here to support you through the process. We provide capital and services to build businesses. We offer mortgage and home loan options, whether you're a first-time home buyer or purchasing your fifth home. We work with artists to reach their audiences. We help nonprofits transform our community. And often, the most important work we do is simply empowering individuals to pursue their dreams. We're here because what you create matters. Let's create something together. Visit studiobank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, NMLS number 1761767. So let's see, when when you look at Barry's overall answer as far as what he believes we're gonna we're gonna be able to do, his prediction is low single digit appreciation for most of the US with a pickup of inactivity. So that's basically what he's saying we're going to see 
uh, 30-year fixed mortgages moving near. Did you near say a pickup of inactivity? Of activity. Of activity. Yeah, yeah. It's like a pickup That's... of inactivity. What? No, no, no. <laughs> Sorry, I may not have pronounced it right. No, no, I just but heard it wrong. That is a very important uh, thing yeah, to know. Right, right. right. A pickup in activity. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah. And, uh, and then as far as rates, rates moving near 5% the first half of 23, and the U.S. 10-year going around 3% or lower as far as the, the bonds. So that, that was sort of his forecast for this year. And, I like that forecast. And yeah, he has been too. right more than wrong. He's, yeah. he's very on target. Uh, when rates jumped down in November, he predicted the CPI to come out that day. And he said, we're going to get a good report. Mm-hmm. And, and we got a great report. And since the peak, our interest rates have already gone down over a point. Yeah. yeah. That's great. So they're already headed in the right direction. So right now, are they in... Where are they? Thereabouts. You know, if you, I, I kind of looked at best case scenario. So if you take all 32 factors that we have to put in to determine risk and you put in a nice loan that the investors like, then, you know, we talked about arms, so we can mm-hmm. discuss that. Like we'll, we'll segue right into that. Yeah. Uh, 30-year fixed on that ideal customer was in the high fives, okay. which is great. Mm-hmm. And then the the 10-year arm, which is a fixed 10-year period, was in the mid fives. Okay. You know, and, you know, give or take you know, your credit and qualifying. And I have to say all those things, but basically it's still really, really good. Now I can see customers getting into the sixes, mid sixes, and maybe even in the high sixes, depending on their exact situation. Mm -hmm. I had one customer, wonderful customer, but just happened to have a couple of pieces of the pie that our investors didn't all like. Mm-hmm. So it eliminated a lot of our best investors. And so we started at seven and a half for him because it's a big old jumbo. It was like over 2 million. And then we've gone all the way down in just a week to 6.875. Oh, wow. So mm-hmm. we're seeing. On the jumbo. Yeah. Uh-huh. So actually that kind of leads me to say, if you are a customer and you're building right now, float that rate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As yeah. long as you can, because most likely you're going to see rates better by the time you're, you're ready to, to, lock, to lock and roll. So would you encourage people right now <clears throat> to get an adjustable rate mortgage? Yeah, that's a good question. It, I'd say it all depends. Okay. Right. And, and I, I hate to use that cop out, but, but it would depend on their exact financial fingerprint. I say, kind of like a snowflake, everyone's different. A fingerprint is different, and everyone has a little different financial fingerprint. So if I were consulting someone, and they said in that situation, uh, well, five and a half is great, and the higher the loan amount, the more that five and a half versus the 5.875 makes a difference Mm -hmm. on the fixed rate. So that three-eighths of a point can make a big difference on a big loan. On a small loan, it's minimal, right? But uh, I'd say... The number one question is, how long do you plan to be in the home? Right. Or how long do you plan to keep the loan? We have some people that, hey, I've got a plan. I'm selling the business. And in five years, I'm paying all this off. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So it just depends on the person. Right. As what they're. And that's one of the things we do that I believe is different is we ask a bunch of questions up front that aren't just related to the mortgage. We ask what their plans are, you know, for the future. Sometimes it's hard to predict that, you know, like, I don't know how long I'm going to be in this house, but we could give it a good guess. So if someone's like less than five years, I was like, Hey, why not? Yeah. If you've got a 10 year, 
that gives you an extra five just in case there's a little hiccup here and there. Yeah. Right. And then we explain the details of what would happen if we start to get into the adjustment period of that loan. Right. So we can start to talk about an arm now if you'd like. Yeah. Um, so in that instance, it's if, if it's a we call it a 10 year arm, what we're saying is for 10 full years, it's fixed. And it goes on a 30-year amortization, just like your 30-year fixed. So if you sold that house or refinanced for some reason out of that loan before 10 years, there's no difference at all between that loan and a 30-year fixed, right? Where the difference happens is when you get after the 10th year, okay? So after the 120 months, you're going to get a notice from the lender, and they're going to say, hey, next year or whenever it happens, maybe a month or two before, this is what your interest rate will be, right? And what they do on an arm is they have they tie it to an index, which today they're using the SOFR index. They used to use the LIBOR index. I was going to say, I've always heard the LIBOR. I know. It no longer exists. Okay, well, yeah. good. That's so, a... It was the mm-hmm. London Index Bank offering rate, yeah. and then they changed the euro and everything, and that changed all of it. I'll be darned. So they had to switch everyone to the SOFA, which is the, and I may get this wrong because it's new, it's the savings overnight financing rate for the Federal Reserve. And I think it's around 3.4%, somewhere in the, no, 43 4.3%. So that is the index. So when you're determining your interest rate after the fixed period time, you take your index plus your margin, and that's your interest rate, right? Okay. And the margin's always the same. And you're going to see that in in your paperwork when you first sign your note or your disclosures. It'll say, let's just say, for example, your margin is 3% above the index, right? So if the index today is 4.3 and the margin is 3%, then you're getting a 7.3% rate whenever it starts to adjust, right? And then every six months, it changes, right? So in the fifth month, you get a notice saying, hey, Christy, it's time uh, to let you know what your new rate is, Mm -hmm. right? It can go up or down. And we were very blessed, those of us who took out an arm in around the 2005-2006 timeframe. I bought a home in that timeframe. My, uh, I did a jumbo loan and my rate was 6.375 for a 10 year fixed period. And then it happened to be right in that dip and it went down to two and a quarter. Yeah. Right. And it's still around four. Yeah. You know, so I haven't ever refinanced that. Yeah. You know, so you can get lucky and get it in that dip or it can be up in the highs. Okay. Pay attention. That's right. So the important part on an arm is to understand what worst case would look like. So there's three important numbers to look at. There's a maximum increase at the first time of adjustment, right? That's the first number you'll get. Mm -hmm. There's a adjustment increase. Each time it adjusts, what's the maximum it can adjust within that time? And then there's a lifetime cap, okay? So you may hear me say, I'm just making this up, but let's say it's a 10-year arm and it's got a 525, right? So five is the maximum it will ever go up in the first adjustment. So it can go up to the lifetime cap of 5% above where you are right now, but that's the cap. It doesn't have to because it's based on the margin plus the index. And then every six months, it could go up 2%. 
That's the second number. And then the last number is your lifetime cap of five, but it could never go up over 5% more. Um, and then they typically will have what's called a floor, meaning you can never go under the floor. And the floor is typically the margin, right? So if the margin is three, it can never go under three, mm-hmm. but it can never go over that that top index. Yep. So it's important to understand that before you sign anything. Right. Because you never know when life tosses something and you're like, whoops, we're going to be in this house longer. Mm-hmm. And how do I get prepared for that? And sometimes it's not a bad deal. I'll look at people's notes and I'll say, mm, you're in good shape. You don't need to refinance based on the time frame that you plan on being in the home. I think it's a good move to yeah. just stay where you are, mm-hmm. save your closing costs, you know. Good. Does that help? Uh, yeah, understand I, I hope for our listeners, for works. sure. Yeah. I finally understand. <laughs> oh, good. good. Yeah, because you get in the business when we didn't need arms. <clears throat> right. Yeah, right. I've cut my teeth on arms and yeah. all those back in the yeah. day. Yeah. So I, I love them. When, when rates for, go up. For the up, right reason. When rates well, go I mean, up, right arms situation. are great tools, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. When rates are low, Dave Ramsey, you know, doesn't like arms, but he's especially correct in saying when rates are low, why would you do an arm? Why would you right? do an arm, right? Always, always do an arm when it's high, when rates are at historic lows, lock in that for yep. as long as you can lock sure. it. Yep, 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 exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. So Heather's got something cool pulled up on her laptop yeah. here, and this is something that you do with your clients. Yes, ma'am. And let's talk about that real quick. Yes, that is called a total cost analysis. So what we do is once we finish asking those questions to our customers, Dave Savage, good friend of ours out of San Diego, created a, he was a loan officer for years and years and years and always wanted some visual tool that we could have comparisons side by side for customers to show them a couple of important things. How Mm -hmm. much monthly are the different options? So let's say you have three different options here. So how much monthly is the difference going to be? And then how much over a short-term basis, let's say five years, is that going to cost the customer or save them? And then how much over the life of the loan, long-term, is it going to save them? I would say, please don't ever do anything as big and as important as buying a home and financing that without doing a total cost analysis. And, And... Coming to the reality of how much interest and how much am I really paying for this house over the life of my loan? Because I see people make fast, fast decisions on something like this, and they spend more time planning their trip to Italy Mm -hmm. than they do on picking their mortgage strategy, right? Mm -hmm. But goodness gracious, they could waste enough that could pay for the trip to Italy, Mm -hmm. and then some, almost not every year, but maybe every decade, just if they planned it right and they were aware of the amount of interest and the amount that they're paying. So it's super important to have a strategy. And so we make it aware for them, and then we send them a link, and then together, if we can't be in person, we're on the phone, and we can change that link for them live. It is and wonderful. A, yeah. I love the visual because you know it's you so start good. throwing all kinds of numbers at me, and I just glaze over. Yeah, I'm the same way. But, I like a visual. Yeah. I like but if visual. I'm in the mortgage business, I'm the same. Yeah, way. yeah. <laughs> it all starts running I together. I like the graphs. I like everything yes. about this. It yes. looks great. If you think of the disc profile, right? Uh-huh. We all know the disc profile. You have the the driver, the Influencer, the stabilizer, and the what's the, oh, the C? C? The um, cautious. They're a cautious, cautious, yes. cautious person. So 
this tool hits every one of the personalities, mm-hmm. right? Because the driver just wants to see the bottom line and the number and let's go. Yeah. Right? So, you can see so that. they can see it. The influencer likes pretty colors, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> and wants to have fun. Ooh, this is really cool and fun. And not just that, but, and the stabilizer is 40% of the population. And they like to see it, think about it, compare it, talk to others about it, and then come back with a solution later. That's my wife. And sometimes she drives me crazy because I'm a driver and I would yeah. want to just make the decision. But Lord, she has saved me so many times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm a driver too. I'm like, just show me the bottom line so I can move on. Yeah. 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 Check it off my list. And I yes. made, uh, thank goodness she saved me from making so many bad decisions. But they need some time to take away, to have something to look at to be able to come back and compare. And then the cautious person wants all the details. Yeah. They're the engineer, mm-hmm. right? They're the, you know, they want all the little details and this gives them tons of details more than that. So it really takes care of all the personalities. So you get a well-rounded because if you were just speaking to me as a driver to driver, you and I would get along great, mm-hmm. but I, that's only 10% of the population. Yeah, right. We just counted out 90% of the population. Well, I feel like when you have a phone call with a lender and they're, you know, kind of telling you the numbers, that's typically what it is. If you're not talking to another driver, or you need someone who needs all that extra information. Yeah. You're just not getting it. Yeah. And it's yeah. just not going to be a match. That's right. Well, and, and well it's said. a way to, it's a way to help reinforce the trust because, you know, a hundred percent of my business and most of our team's business comes from trusted Realtors like you guys who trust us to do a good job for your customers. But this also reinforces what you just said. Hey, call Kevin and Michael Brown and, and call the team at Churchill, and they're going to take great care of you. As soon as they see this and they see the difference between this and what they just saw from another ABC bank or sure. whatever, they're going to go, ah, wow, I see what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And, and I see the difference between what they're doing and what, I'm seeing. Uh, so we've invested fully in this for every one of our customers. And since we've used this, it's really helped our customers. We get comments on it all the time. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. What is your favorite part about what you do? I was just doing it. Um, Being I did, on our podcast? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Speaking to you guys, this is one of my favorite parts. Yeah. Right. And we were just talking about, man, I need to do this. I think you've inspired me. Yeah. But educating it's, people. It's yeah. educating. I just get passionate about that. Uh, and I was just on with a customer that we helped last year, single girl, just bought a home last year in Davidson County, bought it for, it's funny, she bought it for 430 And at that time, the appraisals were wonky. So it came in at 420 And, you know, because we were having to pay more than they yeah. were worth at that time. And, you know, it was a little bit bummed at that point. But now her house's value is around 495 so she's gained what sixty five thousand, mm-hmm. and we looked at her investment that she invested into that home, and we did a ROI on her investment, and it was a forty six percent return. Oh wow! And so we're like, "You did great. You did really yeah. well." And of course, she got the COVID rate, so she had like three point one two five. I said, "Well, don't ever change that." Yeah. But we did notice that she had mortgage insurance still, and we're like, "Hey, you know." You've got to wait two years 
to get drop mortgage insurance because if you look at today, when you have a little stabilization of the market, mm-hmm. they want to see a two-year history before they want to drop the mortgage insurance, they being the lender. I said, but December of this year, you're, you're going to be in an opportunity. You're going to be able to drop $122 off your payment nice. and you don't have to refinance. Yeah, You don't have to pay to refinance. You're going to have to pay for an appraisal and that's it. Yeah, And so finding that opportunity. And I said, but let's think of what you can do with that $122 that you're not missing. Could you put that into an investment? Do you have an investment advisor? And she said, I'd really need one. So I'm now connecting her to an investment advisor that's going to give her advice on how to take that and make it the best. So I'll, that's what I love doing yeah. is connecting people yeah. mm-hmm. and helping them get on the path to building wealth getting out of debt, yeah. and building wealth through real estate. Through real estate, yeah. yeah. Because that's what we're, we're all passionate yeah. about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I am passionate about Kevin Watson and oh, my friends at Churchill yes. Watson and all that Same. y'all do for us. You're so sweet. So yeah. thank you, and thank you for coming on the show. We are so honored to be working with your team. Yeah, I mean, we, y'all are top-notch, the best you. in Nashville, and we're just so honored to be here yeah. every single day. It's like a blessing, yeah. so we appreciate yeah. you. Like, likewise, yeah. Yeah. likewise. Yeah, very much. So guys, I hope you got a lot out of this. You can reach Kevin. We'll have all of his information in mm-hmm. our show notes. Yes. Thank um, you. To well. shoot him an email, a phone call, and thank you for tuning in. And if you have any questions or topics that you want mm-hmm. Heather and I to cover, Remember, our email is podcast at wilsongrouprealestate.com, and we will get them on the air. Hope you have a great day. Recognized as a nationally ranked top 150 accounting firm, Alexander Thompson Arnold CPAs serves Tennessee, Arkansas, Kentucky, and Mississippi by providing accounting, tax, and consulting services for clients ranging from small to medium-sized businesses. ATA offers several services other than traditional accounting to the Nashville area, such as technology solutions, litigation support, business valuations, marketing strategies, HR consulting, retirement plans, and third-party administration. Contact ATA partner David Hart by calling 615-662-2727 or visit them online at atacpa.net. Hey, if you're loving the show, go find that little follow button on your podcast app. This will ensure you won't miss a single episode. Until next time.